Welcome to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martini. We're finally back. What it do, what it do. Chris, back. So we're both back. finally healthy. Yeah, we're both back. Post-holidays. Yeah, so once Chris, Chris was sick. And <laughs> well, some could argue that I am eternally sick. Yeah, well, you were uh, physically ill. Chris was physically ill for a good five days. Oh, yeah, six days. So thanks to Jeff Ponder filling in that one. And then as soon as we, we recorded one, and then we were ready to record another one and get into that, my Christmas vacation was ruined. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I gave you the flu. Yeah, the day after Christmas, I became ill all the way until almost the day, well, the 30th. And then Chris, as I texted him, I said, hey, I'm on to do a podcast. You going to do it tonight? And he's like, no, because I am on a plane. I am on a plane to Oklahoma. So a little delayed there. So I uh, apologize for the lateness, but here we are. So and Happy New Year, everybody. Correct. So you know what year it is? What are the last two digits of the year? One five. That is correct. It's going to be a great year. So it's two thousand Craig Janney, everybody. It is two thousand Craig Janney. So who else will be fifteen? I'm trying to think. Of. Daniel Corso is he fifteen? No, I'm sorry. It's two thousand Craig Janney. <laughs> Maybe Daniel Corso or uh, Marty Reasoner. Marty Reasoner. That's why I think it's somebody or, small. Or um, uh, uh, Jamie Langenbrunner. Yeah, yeah but sure. it's two thousand Craig Janney. Yeah, we'll go with that. So we have a ton of games to go over. So we're going to go through the some. Not- you probably don't want us to go over. We'll, but we're going we'll, to go might, over them. We'll, we'll do our best to go through some of the other ones kind of quickly, just because eh, there weren't too many highlights to go through. No, so it's been an interesting seven games. Yeah. So um, a total of one, two, three, four, five, six games since the last time we left you. So let's get into those. Um, let's start off with a bang, shall we? <laughs> literally, and the Blues. After the last game that we came to you with, the Blues lost in overtime to the San Jose Sharks 3-2 back on the 20th of December. So we go to December 23rd now, and this is a game we were recorded. Yep. And they were... uh it was the night before Christmas. Yes, the return of Simeon Varlamov and Net for the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche. So the Blues, uh, you know... Figured that this is the last leg of the lo- uh, second, yeah, the last leg of the road trip, pretty much. So you're thinking the Blues could, you know, pull out of it, and like you know, uh, and Colorado. the Blues have had decent luck against Colorado. Not so much in Colorado, but against the Avalanche, they've done well. Mm-hmm. So in net, Jake Allen is in net for this one, and uh, he is struggling to say the least. The least. So. Let's get into the lowlights for this one. Uh, the Blues didn't have any highlights on this one. What Not was, a damn one. I can't. Honestly, I can't even remember like any kind of good play by. No, any. It, this was this was a hundred percent domination by the Colorado Avalanche yep. from the puck drop to the final horn. Yep, and which their games like this, um, the hat come up every year. Unfortunately, sure. it happened during the middle of when they're in a like a mirrored yeah. stretch. Well, remember last year against the, uh, the Devils, Devils seven, was it 7-0 seven seven or something? 7-1, one. One, yeah. yeah. It was like, and that one was came in the last couple minutes yeah. of the game. So uh, let's go to the first goal. Uh, Blues killer, Eric Johnson. God, man. He is on a roll. Had uh, five goals in his last six games going to this one. Uh, so he gets his ninth of the year off uh, 
uh, play at the you know top of the uh, well, let's say blue line. He's going from uh, right to left. Just fires a shot through a crowd of people and gets through Jake Allen. His ninth of the year from Matt Duchesne and Nathan McKinnon. Nothing to really say about that one. Uh, Allen was pretty screened on that. Yep. You know, so I didn't really fault him for that one. The next goal, though, the Blues, you kind of saw us coming. The Blues' penalty kill is not what it's been in the past. No, it is not. It's it, In the last week and a half, it has looked extraordinarily bad. Yeah, the Blues just, it seems like there's constant like movement by the opposing team. There's no kind of like stopping you know, power. The Blues had trouble clearing the zone, and it's just been yeah ridiculous. What, I, what I've noticed the most is it seems like we are making, and I, I made this comment during uh, the Anaheim game earlier this week, um, our penalty kill and our defense in general, even when it's five on five, we seem like we are very reactive. We're not proactive at all. And I, I, I watch and I find our defense chasing a lot. And when you when or you get backing off, yeah, when you get hemmed yeah. in and you keep backing in and backing in, and then once the puck's low, you don't get into passing lanes. You just chase the puck like it's pee wee hockey. You're going to have so many open spaces, and you're going to let guys behind you. And that's what's happened is that we we lose sight of what's going on be, away from the puck. And teams are just getting in behind us, getting into empty spaces, getting into slots. And in some cases, the goalie should make the save. In other cases, they're just hung out to dry. Yep. And on, front of, on this one, it was a uh, hung out to dry uh, selection, I guess you could say. At the 1845 mark, a power play goal by Zach Redman, his fourth of the year, from Ryan O'Reilly and Gabriel Landeskog. Basically, the puck's being worked around. Uh, O'Reilly's position on the power play is pretty much along the goal line on yep. the right, on basically to the left of the goalie to the right side, you know, boards, whichever mm-hmm. way you look at it. Has the puck and feeds it right through the crease between two defensemen's legs, and Zach Redmond's on the other side and has a wide open net and buries it. So. One of these days, I'm going to have to finally admit that Ryan O'Reilly's a really good player. He has, dude, like I was reading after, like even when, well, on a following game when we played the Avalanche in a couple of games after this, um, dude, Avalanche fans are done with him. It's well, really as they, well, as they should be. I mean, he is, he is hijacked that team yeah, twice. I, I They're on the board about trading him and getting whatever they can for him right now, because they said like he was the, you know, quoting as fans, the worst player on the ice for them. Yeah. Multiple times. So I don't, he like, seems like you. that guy for me. You know who he reminds me of? Chris Stewart. Yep. No. When he, wants to play he can be amazing and he can fill up the net but it it seems like he is one of those guys that thinks he's 50 times better than he really is you know the game comes effortlessly to superstars when you look at people like Tarasenko who makes things happen that the average player could practice for four years and never be able to do some of the things that Vladimir Tarasenko does Ryan O'Reilly reminds me of a guy who has talent, but he's not that upper echelon talent mm. that he has to put in the time and dedication. And I, you know, I remember twice now where he's really held the avalanche for ransom. And I remember thinking, you know, at the first time they had to pay him because they had nothing. 
Yeah, that, that, that Calgary, they were awful. Calgary threw a ton of money at them. Yeah, they were the worst team in the league. That's why they finished 29th that year. Yeah, and, and so they had to match the offer from Calgary, but then he did it again to them, and I sit back and I'm like, you guys won the Central last year. You know, but he had probably one of the better years of all of them. Right. You know, I, I think it came down to a choice between him and Stastny, and that's what they went with. Well, who was it? Was it Sackick who made the comment that no one on this team will get paid more than? Um, it wasn't a directly set out there, but it pretty much is kind of like a thing that was going around. It's like no one's getting paid higher than Matt Duchesne, who's getting right. paid like six point something, six point three, six point four. Right. That is a very, very bad corner to paint yourself into. Yeah, so they're trying to keep their budget low. So let's see how that team turns out. Eventually, you're gonna have- Ryan O'Reilly. I he he has his good moments. I still think he's an average player. Anyway, so, so now it's two nothing. So two nothing. So going to the second period now, and it doesn't get any better at the five forty nine mark. Alex Tangay gets his twelfth year from Jerome Ginla and Brad Stewart. Basically, Aguila takes a shot, and Tangay's in front and kind of hits him in his shoulder back area and yep. hits off that and goes behind Jake Allen and by having Jay Bomeister for the goal. And 3 nothing. Alex Tangay, who I'm pretty sure is 407 years old. Yeah, he's still that going. Dude, I think that dude was playing for the Avalanche when they were in Quebec. I swear to God, as long as I can remember. He's, he got traded. I thought he and was then traded. He's traded and come back a few times. Yeah, but, but that dude has been playing forever. Yep, back again. But uh, let's just rally off the next two goals and get by this game. So Please. 16-47, Mark Ryan O'Reilly gets his sixth of the year, a power play goal from Gabriel Landeskog and Brad Stewart. And this is where I was talking about where he is along the yeah. – uh, red line and Jake Allen is down, uh, but leaves the top corner and I'll give Ryan Riley. He sniped an awesome shot yeah. by him. A pie, easy goal. The next one is by Jerome Ginla at the 1727 mark, his eighth of the year from John Mitchell and then Alex Tangay. The defense I hear, especially Ian Cole and I think Butler was on the other side yeah. in the three on two situation here. And they're backing in, which is a thing I hate. Like, I agree. It was way too much to the point where Cole's uh, he was almost in Jake Allen's lap by the time the goal goes in there. Yeah, Mitchell feeds uh, Aginla, who just can tee off, tees off, and sure. nails it by Jake Allen for his fifth of the year. Um, Martin Broder comes in the third period. Yep, you know, doesn't he, give anything up. Doesn't give anything up, but you know it's. Uh, by that point of the day, the the game was in hand. Yeah, so five nothing is the final. Simeon Varlamov, Varlamov is the number one star, twenty six saves. Aginla, number two, with a goal and assist, and Tangay with a goal and assist for the third star. So the Blues, can, skid continues, even after, you know, they had the San Jose game where they blew the lead there, blew another lead at the Kings, you know, so yep. basically not looking good right now or be playing the this way This was rock to. bottom for sure. Yeah, this road trip is basically where they hit rock bottom for the Blues. So the Blues uh, come home. Hopefully some home cooking will, you know, pay off for them. You're thinking, you know, back home, Blues have, have like, a th- one of the third best home record in all yep. the league. So you're thinking home cooking will do good for him. Doesn't start off that well. And uh, Jake Allen, back in that again. We're, the Blues are, you know, I think, as everybody, as we go into, I think he felt the pressure to be a quote-unquote number one. I think so. And uh, I, obviously with a Hall of Famer behind you, I guess maybe that's an additional pressure. But, I mean, he basically... He looked very average. Average for a number of games now. So, yeah. and the, this goal, this is the one where people's head will explode. Where a lot of people say Jake Allen's the better of the two between Allen and Elliot handling the puck. Yeah, I agree. And then he mishandles it here. So, two eight mark, 
208 mark of the first period here. Blues at home against the Stars. And I missed this goal. I was uh, parking the car. For, oh, I was at this game. That's right. You were at this game. So Travis Mullen, early on, did you see the next one? Yes. Oh, you just missed it then. So Travis Mullen, his first of the year from Sean Harkoff and Jordy Ben. Puck is you know, dumped in by Sean Horkoff, just rimmed around the board. Jake Allen goes to get it, hits kind of the corner of his stick and just pops out. Right, right in front. Right in front of that. And Travis Mullen is coming in and just says, <laughs> Neat! Says, thank you for this late Christmas gift. Uh-huh. Because after the Christmas break, the Blues going to reset themselves. Yeah, they're really, the only thing missing on that puck was a bow. Yeah, and he buries it. And Jake Allen just sprawling out front and just two minutes into the game. And yeah. your heart just sinks. So, yeah, not it, looking good to start for the Blues. I mean, at this point, the Blues actually started off with a lot of jump and looked yeah. good. And, and also, let's also remember that the Stars have not looked very good either. And the Stars have been struggling last in the Central. Uh, most goals against, the second most goals against in the league right now. So, I mean, yep. they're, Kari Lettinen not having a good year. They're, they're riding him because they're back, because Anders Lindback. Yeah. Not bad. a good, not a good goalie. So that just shows that. Uh, Mitchell Korn, who was uh, the Nashville goaltending coach, can make a goalie pretty much. Very true. Except for Pecorino, who's been playing well this year. So you can. Also just... true. So, but luckily, 27 seconds later, at the 235 mark, Alex Petrangelo gets his fourth of the year from Paul Stastny and Dimitri Yaskin. So it was kind of a, almost another gift goal to a degree. It was, yeah. just, it was rimmed around the boards, and, uh, I think it was a shot wide by Stastny, and there is a, Alex Pangelo to clean it up. Barry is, is a goal. So that was pretty good by uh, the Blues there. You know, I we talked about this in the last podcast. I really like the chemistry that Yaskin and Stasny have been building. I think Yaskin is 100% made his um, statement to stay up in, in St. Louis the rest of the season. Uh, Whether or not he does, I don't know, but he's definitely made a case for it. And I think we're finally starting to see the Paul Stasny that we were hoping we were going to get game one. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not a goal-scoring center. He is a playmaking center. Yeah, which he'll never be anything different. He's, that's how he's made his bread and butter in this league. So. Which is fine. Uh, I just think we've finally gotten him some wingers to work with. I really liked the uh, Berglund, Stasny, Yaskin line. Yeah. I thought all three of those guys were working extraordinarily well together. Yeah, so I thought that line has uh, turned out really well. And Yaskin, as we'll get into, has been uh, playing really, really well. Yep. So at the 14.46 mark, Ryan Garbutt gets his sixth of the year off, once again, another gift goal. Yeah. Uh, this time, uh, Chris Butler has puck behind the net, surveying the landscape, uh, moving the puck, comes out and moving the puck around, and he decides to uh, pass it to the across the you know slot area. Yep. Um, does not see, for some reason, does see Ryan Garbutt covering Paul Stasny. Garbutt picks it up, gets a top of face-off circle by himself, and just winds up and hammers a shot by Jake Allen. I mean, it was one of those things where you would like Jake Allen to save to that. make that but, goal. But, man, it was a rocket at the end yeah. of the day. Like, I watched it a couple of times, and I'm just like, wow. They, uh, they gave him really no shot on that one, did they? So, Ryan Garbutt, the 14:46 mark, it makes it 2-1. to one. Uh, The Blues, shortly afterwards, get a power play here. And our final, and try to see who got the penalty here. Uh, Vernon Fiddler for slashing on Alexander Steen. Yep. And the Blues capitalized very quickly at the uh, 16-10 mark. Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 21st of the year from Alexander Steen and Kevin Shattenkirk. 
So Shattenkirk has, at this time, 24 assists. Shattenkirk is playing remarkably well this year. On both ends of the ice, too. It's yeah. not just... I agree. He's not just like a quote-unquote Eric Carlson where he's just getting... No, I agree. He, he's doing really well on the defensive end. He has been one of the guys throughout this poor stretch that the defense has had that I think has still had a great defensive effort. After we're done with the game recaps, I got some questions to get your opinion, so we'll mm-hmm. go into that as well. And like I said, we'll just do some rapid fire at the end there. Cool. So, two to two, Blues luckily, you know, escaped that period, you know, tied at everything. Shots, score, almost every across the board was split down the middle there. Very, very even first period. So, the first they cut off kind of strong, the Dallas came back kind of strong, then they both evened out. Yep. In the second period now, uh, Dallas takes the lead three to two here. Uh, Trevor Daly gets a power play goal, his eighth of the year from Tyler Sagan and Kari Lettinen. So basically he's leading the way here. Uh, Sagan throws a puck across the crease and Daly picks it up, goes across the slot area, outweights Jake Allen and scores a goal. It was a pretty goal. That one happened right in front of me. Yep. And Daly is uh, at that time was one. One goal off his career high. So, yep. uh, next, unfortunately, the Blues are not good at holding the uh, late, like a late. You know, they give it with late goals. That's what I'm trying a to lot. say. A lot, and that annoys me because it's definitely a momentum killer. Oh yes. Uh, power play goal here by Jason Demaris is second of the year from Eric Cole and Colton Skeever. So, uh, Blues down four to two going into the third period. Uh, not much you can say, and then just the crowd giving it to him, which they rightly deserve. Yeah, there was a lot of booze. Uh, just there, Jake Allen was under siege at times. I uh-huh. mean, it's one of those things where it's really frustrating, but at the same time, like you, the defense has just not been at the level it's been for the last. I agree. Years. So we'll it has been a bad a combo. It has been a bad combo of defensive breakdowns and and Jake Allen just not being on his game. And when you put those two together, you are caught in a whirlwind of poop. Yeah, so unfortunately the Blues just can't get seem to get it uh, more than one aspect together for a long period of time. So going to the third period, uh, David Backus gets the goal here, his ninth of the year from Jay Bomeister and TJ Oshie. Basically Blues are cycling it. Goes out to Jay Bowmeister, takes a shot, wrist shot from the point. It's deflected in front by David Backus, doing yep. what he does. Blues, you know, I think the Blues had a very good period at times here. When you, there, there didn't seem enough desperation play. Like Dallas is one of the teams the Blues struggle against historically. I have never ever seen the Blues beat the Stars in person. Well, so officially, you were not allowed to go games with the Stars. We went to two of them last year, dude. I know. Oh, and two. Yeah. This year, didn't they lost? Uh, I was there back in the day when we got swept by the Stars. I've never, ever seen the Blues beat the Stars live. Yeah, the Blues, I mean, finally at the last eh, minute and 30, the note I made there, Tarasenko had the uh, puck, and it was basically a 201 right in front, and it made the pass to Laterra, and nothing Laterra. Laterra go, hits it, but Lettinen makes an awesome leg save. Yeah, I that was the one time where I really thought we had the chance to to tie it. And so the Blues fall 4 to 3 and prolong the losing streak. Mm-hmm. So they're up to four games now. They they lost in overtime, so they're 0 3 and 1 in the last four. So it's announced here that um Brian Elliott is starting to practice. Mm-hmm. Uh and go is going to take a full practice. On this day, and this is the 29th. He is going to take a full practice today and see how he is. 
uh, does a full practice and pretty much not officially announced, but he is healthy enough to make the roster. Make the roster. So the Blues are going to have a conundrum. So um, this is a game that me and you, as is when I was feeling sick still, I was just starting to get over being sick and you were still in town and we were debating going to this game because Brodeur was getting the start against yep. the Avalanche at home on the 29th. And me and you said, hey, we should probably go to this one just in case it could be his last game as a Blue, maybe a last game as an NHLer. And you're like, I was like, if I wasn't feeling awful, let's do it. And if it wasn't going to be 100 bucks a ticket. Correct. And we probably could have like maybe waited it out and stuff, but I was feeling still not feeling 100%. Yeah. And going out and walking around, probably not a good idea. Probably not. So the Blues uh, place the Avalanche at home. Elliot's going to be activated, so what are the Blues going to do? So that's the big question hit Blues fans on Monday on Twitter. And the Blues send out Magnus Payarvi. Who cleared waivers. Which a 23-year-old former number 10 overall first-round pick with on a good contract, yeah. $1.4 million contract. So not going to cost you much. And I'm, I'm, I'm really shocked. Su- and some people are uh, speculating that maybe the he would get it the whole uh, Derek Roy treatment. Like Roy got cleared waivers in Nashville and got traded up to uh, Edmonton. Uh, they thought maybe something like that would happen, well, and it did not happen. Honestly, I thought that at the very least, Edmonton would pick him back up. I mean, it's not a guy's got some game, but I think yeah, he does. I, I think he just has to be on a certain line with a certain type of. You know, he's not a grinder. He's no, not. he's not. And so. you know, the thing, and I know the Blues fans get pissed because, much like with the Eric Brewer trade, um, you look at Perron this trade thing, yeah. and you look at what we gave up to get Magnus Payarvi, which was. David Perron, who was a crowd favorite, but they're two different style of players. And the thing with Payarvi was there's so much talent on this and team was, up front, and also he was considered a project too. Like yeah. he was coming, he came off of, you know a pretty good rookie season, dropped off tremendously in next year, mm-hmm. which is why he lost his value. And he was on the third and fourth line in Edmonton, yep. which is saying something. So he was kind of a throw in for the Blues, and the whole Blues are open up maybe it's like you know turn a lump of coal into not saying he's the awful but sure you know, let's have a surprising you know type guy maybe we can turn him into a you know, really good third maybe even second liner just didn't work out so he, will, think- he is more than likely he'll be tra- i mean he came out in a swedish newspaper which uh, i was i did through google translate with his um uh, also his agent mm-hmm. agent wants him out of st louis i mean he pretty well, much of course he was, does so i mean he's so apparently the agent's pushing hard to get him out uh, Payarvi said all the right things. Like, you know, I want to play. It doesn't matter if it's in the NHL, if it's in the AHL. I want to show people what I can do so then I can go to a team that would want me. And that's the smart thing is I, I truly think if Payarvi's in a situation, especially in the, in the AHL right now, where he can play on a consistent basis, he's going to show his skill. Cause the guy does have skill. He just hasn't had a chance to play. And there is, there, you know, you could practice every day of your life. There is a difference between practice situations and game situations. And, you know, he just hasn't had the game time mileage the last couple seasons. And you can tell because when they put him in the lineup, he just doesn't look as sharp. Uh, And I think if he gets on a team where he can play, he's going to do great. You know, be that a team like Florida or Buffalo or a team that really needs some offense. Maybe a team like you know, a team that might be really good for him, a team that has some speed and has a good mix of vets and uh, some youngsters, which might be good for him to be on a third line type team. I don't know how their roster looks, but a team like Detroit, honestly, yeah. 
where you yeah. have guys who are like highly skilled. You have a Swedish like superstar in Zetterberg there. Sure. Who knows if that could rub off on them? And that could be. That's one of those things where I don't know the roster off the top of my head, right. so I really can't say. But that'd be a team that I wouldn't be surprised to add. to make a move for him. Yeah, I don't know how everything is with them, but you know. So let's yeah, get to this game. Though, I think the but, kids. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. So you never know. He could get called back up. As of right now, um, he's played two games and uh, no goals, no assist. So yeah. getting used to things. So the Blues rematch against the Colorado Avalanche. So. uh Nothing at all happened in the first period. No penalties, no scoring. No. Just a little bit of back and forth. Um, you know, so, but nothing really too crazy. Uh, Varlamov is back in that again, coming off his shutout of the Blues. Uh, so what are they going to do? Uh, but luckily, in the first couple uh, seconds of the second period, Dmitry Yaskin gets his third year from Paul Stasny. Uh, Stasny's behind the net cycling. Uh, Yaskin's in front, and the puck comes to him, but he... You know, kind of fumbles with it, so turns around, throws a puck, and he just slides underneath Varlamov somehow, yep. which we'll take it. So, one nothing Blues. Uh, luckily, the next uh, thing happened, which was awesome, was Chris Butler gets his first a as a Blue. Great goal. That you're thinking the second goal, the one from last night or the other night. No, I'm thinking. I thought it was the, the blast. The sh- no, no, no. His backhand over the shoulder. That wasn't the second goal of the year. Hundred percent. Sure? I'm, I'm just watching it now. So, all right. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, so Butler gets his uh, uh, first of the year, first as a blue uh, from Oshie and Stasny. So basically, he's a uh, face-off from face-off, but like they're in the end cycling. Butler gets the along the point. This bomb slap shot goes over the shoulder of Arlamov. He just couldn't see it. Yeah. So the goal you're thinking of is coming up, which is awesome. So. Uh, let's see. So I'm looking around. So and this time also, Berdur is playing pretty well, honestly. Yep. I mean, he's been making a lot of saves, um, and sprawling saves too, like, like all over the place. And it just reminds me of like Martin Berdur. Of- Dude, it's, I made a comment, uh, during the Anaheim game that it's, it's so funny to watch him play because for the last, you know, four years or so, we've had very efficient goalies. In regards to you know Halak and uh, and Elliot, you know we we had Ryan Miller who was a bit of a flopper, but nothing like Brodeur. You know, there's times where you watch Brodeur that if you didn't realize that's Martin Brodeur, the winningest goalie in history, you'd think it was a guy who was out there just fighting for his life. Um, it's it's so funny to watch him because it's just arms and legs everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy to watch that. And I apologize. You're right about the Butler thing. I was looking at a replay where it was a shot from the point and it was ah. something else. So, uh, the Butler play is basically a cycle between Oshie and Stasny. Um, Butler jumps into the play off the bench and is flying down the wing and all the Avalanche kind of watch him. And which is kind of funny is there's Redmond, O'Reilly, and, uh, I believe it's, uh, Tyson Berry is like watching him as he comes right up to, uh, Varlamov and he has a backhander, a goal right over his goal, shoulder, which is, like you don't expect a guy like Butler to make this. This is like Not a Teres, this is like a Tarasenko type. Move oh yeah. Him. So I mean, somebody if you put if you just put blank numbers or like didn't and just show that goal, I would say ninety percent of people would say like somebody like Tarasenko, and nobody would say Chris Butler. You know what it reminds me of? Again, this is gonna be the second time I reference this player. Remember the the backhand goal move that Chris Stewart had 
that he scored like Columbus. five goals on. Dude, he did it against Columbus. The Columbus is the one that overtime, remember, where he right. like the whole length of the ice. But he, he made that move five or six times for goals in the course of his Blues career. But like, it's smooth like that, just so unassuming in a flick of the wrist. And the, and it's backhand over the goals, over the goalie's shoulder and in the net. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where he could pull it off sometimes and other times he wouldn't pull it off, you know. So it's something like what Tarasenko did. But but at least Tarasenko learned like when to pull it, like you know try to dance yeah. around people you know so Chris Stewart seemed to like not really get that sometimes so luckily the Blues looking good and this is a game where they played the whole game uh, like sixty minute game to me I agree one of the best uh, games of the year where after the first period Colorado had virtually no shots. Berter, you know, luckily he played on the New Jersey team that really didn't face a ton of shots. So he's used to it. So he's kind of used to it. It's one of those things where he has the mindset where he can say, oh, okay, I'm not getting many shots, you know, keep my focus. And he's one of the guys who gets it. Unlike not say, not say Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller or Jake Allen, you know, guys who are learning, like Jake Allen who's learning to be like that yeah. compared to, you know, Martin Berter who's been doing it for 20 plus years. Yeah. So at the 15-25 mark, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko gets his 22nd of the year. Unassisted goal. So Blues take a three to nothing lead, and it will stay that way. Yep. Martin Broder gets shutout number one twenty-five, which he actually has twenty-five postseason shutouts as well. Uh, Why don't those count towards the uh, overall number? I think that when they say regular season first, I think it's just with the, the stats they go off of first. So when he goes into the Hall of Fame, say he re- say he retires from the Blues today, mm-hmm. never plays another game. And goes into the Hall of Fame. Does the plaque say that he has 125 shutouts, or does it say that he has 150? I don't know. I would say probably 125 because historically, everybody always puts like regular season stats overall. If they say his career stats, who right. knows? It depends who you talk to. I've, when somebody says, I've never they, understood that about the NHL. Like when they've had uh, for you know Gretzky's. Remember, I remember yep. when we did trivia one time. They were talking like how many how many goals did he have like total. And I, I guess like I remember I just guessed like eight ninety four just yep. randomly because I was like and it wasn't a thousand and uh, it want to be like eight ninety two I was yeah. like like that close yep so but uh, yeah so I don't know why I think it's just more of a whoever is talking about you know that's one of the bizarre but, but things most things when you read right it's always a regular, it's season. regular season you never see postseason included or they'll say or we'll say including postseason right after it I can see not including preseason but why you wouldn't include postseason games because those obviously count it's just a weird anyway sorry to go on a tangent just a weird thing i've never understood about the nhl yep so the blues finally get a win Let's, this will be know. where jeff ponder tweets us by the way and explains this <laughs> say what well, we name of that guy i always forget so anyway we'll get into <laughs> Uh, the next game where the Blues do not play on New Year's Eve this year, which is a game I always like when the Blues play New Year's Eve. Yeah, man, it's, it's always a good thing. Like you kind of hanging out, watching that, and then once you're done finishing the game up, you always like go, you know, finish partying or do whatever we do. So it was nice to kind of have. But true. Uh, the Blues go ahead the next night a back to back in Nashville. So Brian Elliott is in net. He is back, and uh, I always said Pay RV is sent down. Uh, unfortunately, though, it doesn't start off the best. So near the end of the period, once again, at the 1805 mark, Shea Weber gets a goal from Oliokinen and uh. Gabriel Bork. Uh, at this point, you're looking at uh, Oliokinen's behind the net. 
and uh, feeds uh Shaver who comes in and just right it wasn't a slap shot he just got a wrist shot which is still a hard shot and yep. just roofs it over uh uh Brian Elliott's glove so he had no chance uh, it's again, it's one of those sort of defensive breakdowns that we were talking about earlier where Shea Weber is just hanging out in the crease, eating lunch with no one around him. Yeah, come skating in and then yep. the Blues, I mean, just blues l- breakdown. Nobody there. Nobody there. Yeah, so the Blues go down one nothing going into the second period. Luckily, the goal scoring machine now, Chris Butler, doesn't make that last for long. This is the point shot I was talking about before. Yep. Uh, gets the puck from the point, takes a wrist shot, and deflects off a Nashville player by Pecorine. At the 50-second mark, Chris Butler, his second of the year from David Backus. Blues cruising along here. Very back-and-forth game for a while. And then, then unfortunately, this period, man, Nashville takes over. Yeah, really does. And just is nonstop on the Blues. And, man, I was just like, this is not going to end well. And it's one of those things where I was just getting annoyed, getting annoyed. Uh, But luckily... Somehow the Blues break through here. At the 14-39 mark, TJ Oshie is sixth of the year from Bacchus and Steen. This is a give-and-go situation. This is, might be my favorite. Aside from the Tarasenko goal in New York, this might be my favorite goal of the year yeah. so far. Oshie and Bacchus basically do a give-and-go from the blue line all the way to the goal. And Bacchus makes a really awesome pass where it goes. You only put it in one this one little alleyway he has yep. between the defenseman and Pecorine. Throws it perfectly to TJ Oshie. And wide open. Now. Yeah, Pecorine is not even. He's sliding by almost by David Backus and leaves the net probably eighty percent open. Yeah. And Oshi with the easy goal. Blues somehow up two to one at this point, losing in shots twenty five to thirteen. Brian Elliott just under siege, man, and ridiculous. Uh, Blues defense is just letting guys walk in. Yep. Nobody is getting boxed out. It is uh, getting to be ridiculous. Uh, one controversial thing that will come up here is uh, a potential we thought goal by Philip Forsberg, who is a long, who's just coming in along the you know left hand boards and doesn't really have like a good angle. Throws at the net, hits off uh, Brian Elliott and goes behind him, and looks like it's in. From yeah. almost every, from my, from just a quick look, I thought it was in. Elliott sweeps back with his hand and grabs it. Multiple angles are shown of this thing, and the faraway angle looks like it's in. Like oh, the, yeah. The faraway angle. Is, the puck is wobbling. Yeah, so it looks like it's in, and you're just like just by the line by like an inch. But you look at the overhead view. It doesn't clear. It doesn't clear, or at least from what By an see. inch. Yeah, so then, but they, there's other cameras in there, which I I thought that the, I thought TV had access to everything the same that NHL not. does. Apparently not, because apparently there's other cameras in there that only the NHL has access to, which we yeah. learned from Darren, Darren Pang. Pang. So... That's something that I will keep in mind for now on. And they looked, and and the ref's uh, exact announcement he made that it was inconclusive. inconclusive that he could not see it. And then by rule, he ruled no goal on the ice. That's so, the only reason that's not a goal. Yeah, if he ruled that a goal, that would have stood. It would have stood because it was inconclusive either way. I was like, yeah. if that's if they call it a goal, I really can't argue because it. Oh, I agree. I, you and I were texting each other during this review. We both said the same thing that. I, I wouldn't be surprised any way this goes. And you were the first one to bring up, well, they ruled it no goal. I don't know if there's enough to overturn it. And that's exactly what happened. And that's luckily what happened. That lasts for a whopping three seconds. No-ish. So, so Gabriel Borg gets his second year from Ole Jokinen and Paul Gostad. Uh, the faceoff is one. And Ole, it's in the net. Gostad takes the uh, – excuse me, Gostad had won it. 
Oyo takes a shot. Uh, Brian Elliott to save, and Gabriel Bork goes flying by Jay Bomeister, who does not box him out, and knocks in the rebound by Brian Elliott. And less like that, it's tie game. You know what I almost sent you a text of when that goal scored? <laughs> it's brought to you by Bud Light. Blues Hockey brought to you by Bud Light and the Predator Score. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so side note for everybody needs to know this one. Uh, one time, I think you and another friend Just were over. Yeah, we were a couple over to watch the game. It was the it was like a Blackhawks Black game. Blackhawks game. Two years ago, maybe now. Two or three yeah. years now. Uh, I was working on unexpectedly late. So I'm on my way home in the car um, listening to uh, Chris Kerber and Kelly Chase. And, you know, the face-off drops, and he does his little spiel like, this is Blues Hockey brought to you by Bud Light. And then, the, blue, the mind you, he does it while the action's going on. Right. Chicago breaks in and scores a goal within the first eight seconds of the game. Yeah. And, is, and that is the, the call. So we always make the joke when it's a real quick goal. We always say, yeah. hey, Blues Hockey brought to you by Bud Light, and so-and-so scores. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's kind of like what our little back and forth that we always say when a like, quick goal happens. It's uh, one of those things where it's one of those things where I did I thought he was joking at all. <laughs> it's, honestly, it was our couple minutes of drive before he's like he didn't even pause. Yeah, because he's like and they score and it's one nothing Blackhawks and I'm like okay he's just joking. And then, <laughs> oh no wait and wait he is not because I get home and then you're like what what's going on? And I was like you really scored? He's like, you're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I thought I had told him a story, and that's kind of our thing we've always been doing since then. <laughs> so, unfortunately, that happens, and it winds up being 2-2 two two going into the third period. Yep. And the Blues here still, Brian Elliott under siege, but, man, just. He's making saves. He's fighting it. I mean, he's a good way of fighting it. I mean, he's, you know, you know, making the saves. Not fighting it isn't a bad thing. He was, you know, playing awesome. It's one of those things where you're just like, man, I wish he would, uh, wish the Blues would do something here because I feel bad for all the Blues, uh, you know, for Brian Elliott because he comes back and this is what he comes back to. Yeah. So Blues get a power play in the third period. And this is where you think, uh, Philip Forsberg gets a tripping call. He's, this, he's been uh, unexpectedly quiet during this game. Yes. And I'm okay with that. And so the Blues are, you know, on the power play, you know, going back and forth. Everybody pinches up on this play, and Alexander Steen is in the back and does not cover Shea Weber. <laughs> Correct. Well, it's a two-on-one. He, he's backing in and trying to play the pass, and but the pass goes through, and he's just not a defenseman. And Shea Weber rifles a shorthanded goal over the right shoulder of Brian Elliott. Elliott makes a couple other awesome saves here, and unfortunately just can't, you know, Blues cannot muster anything, and they fall. Three to two in Nashville. Uh, Shea Weber, the first star, two. Gabriel Bork with a goal and assist, his second star, and Ole Jokinen with the uh, third star, two oh, assists. God, I hate him. The Blues give up forty-seven shots. Oh yeah, the most shots since two thousand six, two thousand eight. Yeah, this game really could have been eight to two. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to fault Brian Elliott on this. It was his first game back, and yeah, I mean we Man. lost the game, but. Dude, played well. I oh mean, my god! Really. All those shots. Uh, that's like Cujo numbers. Yeah, that's that is like like early nineties type stuff where you would see like thirty shots was considered like a low number, right? You said anything under thirty, you're like, wow, they played good defense. Oh that yeah. Game. Now, night. yeah, now you're, uh, you know, now it's if like it, like the other night was like thirteen shots, and they saw that, and Brian Elliott saw that in the second period, in the first period. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things where it's you know. Defense is very inconsistent, as we can tell. Makes one really indeed. So uh, Blues go to Anaheim, you know, for start uh, the new year. Start the new year. 
on the road against a California team. So, oh boy, so, we know how that goes. So the Blues actually with Jeff Ponder I saw last night were actually uh, two one and one in San Jose. The last four games in San Jose. San Jose is the one team that we seem to do okay. Seem to do okay against. Yeah. Southern California whoops our ass. Yeah. So unfortunately, it does not start off well. The six twenty nine mark, a power play goal from Ryan Getzlaff from our boy, our boy Pat Maroon from the Mississippi Bloodstakes, <laughs> and Sammy Vatnin. So Getzlaff just cleans up the puck that's in front of the net, and then sprawling over Brian Elliott was sprawling and just couldn't. Uh, Make the save here. Uh, honestly, Martin Brodeur was sprawling. I was, yeah. So you thought uh, Brodeur does get another start. So uh, you're thinking the you know maybe come out shutout magic. Well, really. I I believe obviously we knew when the Payarvi deal happened that they're keeping three. They were keeping three. Um, but it was nice to see that they're still keeping Brodeur in rotation. Seems fairly regularly. And it's not going to be a, in case of emergency break glass situation with Brodor. And the other thing, uh, which we will note, that Chris Porter, uh, during the Colorado game, broke himself. Hard. Uh, hit a, hit somebody along the boards and just, it was a simple loss his balance and his leg just got caught behind him and I was feeling sick and it made me feel even sicker. <laughs> Cause it just, man, just bent behind him and it's just one of those things where he's like, Bleh. yeah. Right away I'm like, Done for the year. That's his oh. knee. Because his knee, it was like when your when your ankle's touching like your shoulder, <laughs> not by choice, not by choice, <laughs> not a good thing. <laughs> and he, so he unless was. Unless you're one of them crazy Chinese contortionists to go on tour with Cirque du Soleil, yeah, not an ideal situation. Not something you just don't do randomly. Right. Not something you're like, you know, it's going to be really great in this hockey game. I'm going to put my foot over my head backwards. Yes, and he uh, was ruled out for. We've reevaluated in six weeks. So yeah. pretty much a knee. Then so luckily it wasn't torn ACL or anything like that. So which honestly, there's times I've had injuries, uh, and I was more of basketball and football when I played. But I've had injuries where nothing was torn or broken, and those are even harder to those, come back because from. he doesn't know when is because it's time. just yeah. it, it's just stretched out. And you know, a lot of times with breaks or tears, you can have surgery or set a bone, and you know you get your heal time and your rehab time and you're good to go. Whereas when it's an injury like that, where it's just, you know, muscle bruising and stretching and things like that. Those are the ones, like you said, you just have to keep reevaluating because there's no timeline on when that's going to heal. The other thing that I want to know too, that, uh, I hate when John Kelly, like some put some stats out there, which is nice to know, but also I hate when it's like, Oh, the ducks have been struggling on the power play. They're over. It's the jinx. Over, tw- over like 21. John Kelly throws the jinx. Over 21, and then Louis says that, and then within the first two oh, minute, yeah. minute of the power Dude, play, there it is. He throws the jinx more than any sportscaster in recent memory I can think of. Yeah. Uh, so, also in the first period, I had a note to Dimitri Yaskin faking the living crap out of Frederick Anderson. Oh. Uh-huh. And has a wraparound goal. Unfortunately, if it wasn't for... It just for, goes straight uh, across the line. Yeah, it, if uh, Shattenkirk and uh, I think it's Bolesky are right there. Yep. Yeah, they're right there. And if it hits one of their skates and just stays on the line, enough time for, for Anderson to jump back and grab yep. it. So had Tarasen- And if you watch that play, Tarasenko pulls up at the last minute. Uh-huh. If he continues to crash the net, that is an easy goal for Tarasenko. Yeah, if he goes... If, yeah, it's he'd just be, a tap. Yeah, he, he just because he just like kind of thought... It's in. It's in. But unfortunately, he stopped for that. You know, that yep. one, maybe two second hesitation. If he kept going, all I had to do was literally 
put a stick out and poke it, yeah. and it would have been across the line for a goal. So, unfortunately, uh, Blues trailing one nothing going into the second period, but luckily, T.J. Oshie gets a goal here, and he is like, since, up. The, since these uh, trade rumors have happened, man, he is... He does not want to leave. Yeah, he has been playing extremely well. So, at the 259 mark, his seventh of the year from Steen and Backus. So, um, I'll take it. At this time, and you know, he's been all, you know, the Blues have just been, God, man, there's, Brodeur is flopping all over the place. Yep. <laughs> it's one of those things where it is, man, I'm not used to seeing it anymore compared to back in the day when you would see this. I think, uh, it was, was it Hitch's hat? I think it was at Hitch's hat on Twitter who in the third period tweeted out a picture of a wind, uh, a gif of a windmill. Yeah. And it just said, uh, live action shot of Brodeur's last three saves. Yeah, so Oshie's goal, basically, a play goes into the corner. Steen throws it in front. It also, uh, you know, back throws it in the corner. Throw, Steen throws it in front. And T.J. Oshie's crashing the net and puts it by Anderson. The Blues are tied 1-1. One one. And, unfortunately, this is one of the, the West Coast games. And for the life of me, you know, it's a Friday night. I don't know what my problem was. Just I was in and out. Hey, man, sometimes when you're tired, you're tired. It was crazy. So I was like, do my best to kind of like make notes and stuff. I think I fell asleep with a notepad. I was all hopped up on coffee bean. Yeah, <laughs> <Get> coffee bean. <laughs> I flew home from Oklahoma and uh, listened to the first period in the car, then watched the second and third. Yep. So Kyle Palmieri gets a goal of 520, his sixth of the year from Kessler and Bolesky. Basically, the puck is kind of getting pinballed around the Blues end, and then uh, Palmieri is right in front of the net to poke it by. Uh, Martin Brodeur. Uh, at 6.23, the Blues, though, come back. Kevin Shattenkirk is sixth of the year from Stastny and Laterra. Stastny with an awesome feed in front as uh, Shattenkirk is breaking into the slot area, mm-hmm. and he just rifles a shot above uh, Frederick Anderson. And it's back and forth, man. And then at the 10-11 mark, Andrew Cogliano gets his fifth of the year off like a just a huge, huge slap shot. Uh, from the slot area, his fifth of the year from Nate Thompson and Ben Lovejoy. Sorry, I'm looking at the replay where David Backus forgets how to shoot. So, oh, the swing and the miss, the swing and the miss on the on the breakaway. He's on a breakaway and swing and a miss, swing and a miss, and then Ryan Getzlaff. Then Ryan Getzlaff comes back and has a really good opportunity, and yep. Martin Broder has to make another really good save. I audibly <laughs> scared my dog when Backus missed, like just swung and missed on the breakaway. Literally yelled. Ah, oh, bruh. My <laughs> dog freaked out. Right, so I tweeted that out with the bruh meme. Yeah. And everybody on the Twitters liked that one. Yeah. So Alexander Steen, the 1627 mark, gets a goal here. His ninth of the year, I said on the power play, from Vladimir Tarasenko and Shattenkirk. Tarasenko has um, basically being the point man after yep. some rotation here. And uh, Shattenkirk, or, excuse me, Steen is doing the wise thing and slowly sliding down. And just rifles a shot by... Dude, that goal was a laser. Yep. And then so, uh, three to three going into the third period. And this is where I uh, woke up for a little bit, <laughs> watched the game for a while here, and then unfortunately fell asleep when uh, this happened. At the 10.55 mark, Matt Bolesky gets his 16th of the year. That's yep. amazing to see that. His 17th, uh, excuse me, 16th of the year from Sammy Votnin and Ryan Kessler. Uh, this is the play where uh, early in the game, Barrick Jackman just gets hit by who's a back? Nothing. Manti Teo's girlfriend. That's correct. Knocked yes. Barrick Jackman smooth out in the first period. Came back in the third, and really, Manti Teo's girlfriend should have been called for tripping on Barrick Jackman. Yeah, and then Jackman in, in uh, I think it, it looks like Yaskin have kind of a miscommunication there. <clears throat> the puck squeaks by uh, 
uh, Bear Jackman. Squeak is an awfully generous term. Yeah, I'm being polite, but it gets by him. And uh, Madison Bolesky breaks in and goes right under the arm of Martin Brodeur, yep. and the Blues fall. Four to three in Anaheim. Steen and, has eleven shots on goal that game. Yeah, a record for him. So we're getting to the game that was last night, January third. Let's talk about something fun. Yeah, for once, we were uh, indisposed, sort of, so we didn't get to watch the uh, game like full intent like we normally do. Correct. Uh, it was on. It was on. Correct. You were on. It was on, but we were uh, doing our third annual, third annual Winter Bro Olympics. Yep. And I fell. Yeah, Jason. Jason has uh, essentially been Team Canada of the Winter Bro Olympics, which there's a group of us friends who twice a year, once in the summer, once in the winter, get together and just basically have an entire dude's day of uh, adult beverages and food that's bad for you and various games. So, you know, in the winter, you got to do inside stuff. So it's a lot of... Dave and Buster's arcade games, a lot of bar games like darts and billiards and stuff like that. And then a couple of card games and things like that. And Jason has pretty much dominated the winter games. But both of you and I this afternoon when I came over to the record today, both said that neither of us were really feeling it yesterday. I was definitely not on my game. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I had a massive, like I said, the weather change in St. Louis, it's like, yeah dropping the really cold temperatures all of, a now all of a sudden but like it should be it is january sure and just like man headache no excuses though no still sucks though one of us has to win back the flask of champions in the summer yeah so summer which i'm also canada in that one too because you are canada in the summer olympics too <laughs> the summer and olympics. i who would i be then would that make me you turn it in tobago well, who always wins the summer games uh the u.s has a strong showing yeah china yeah, we can say China. Well, actually, I just don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't. Whoever always wins the Summer Olympics. Yes. I'm a warm climate country, apparently. Yes. So the Blues go to San Jose and uh, play well. So uh, Yes. So uh, T.J. Oshie is on a freaking roll, man. Just at the 11.49 mark, he gets his eighth of the year and his third in the last three games uh, from Steen Shattenkirk. Uh, pretty much there's kind of a big pileup kind of in front, and the puck's thrown in front by Alexander Steen, and Oshie hits a little fluttering puck through the air that gets by Antti Niemi. Yep. So we'll take it. And unfortunately, they cannot hold the lead. At the 1742 mark, Melker, Melker Carlson, is second of the year. Of course it is. Uh, by Barclay Goodrow and Matt Tennyson, of course. I was very afraid that this game was going to be similar to the Anaheim game where it was one team scores, the other team scores. One team scores, the other team scores. That didn't turn out to be the case. No. Uh, and then also let's point out that David Backus had almost a goal where me and you turned around. I don't him. know how that didn't go in. Uh, he's crashing that in the uh, off of uh, him. And this finally this line of Steen, Backus, and uh, Oshie. Oshie oh, just making some noise. Out. Uh, we also note to this game that Jaden Schwartz has been activated from IR. Yes. So Blues have, who did, we forgot to mention, uh, Colin Frazier was recalled and played one game. Yeah. I liked how he played, so I mean, he's a fourth, you know, fourth, you know, liner. He's a grinder yeah. guy. He's a good fill-in for, uh, Chris Porter. So, but he is sent back down. Jaden Schwartz is activated, and you can just tell a big difference when his team has. Oh, I agree. On it. The Blues went one, five, and one without Jaden Schwartz. Yep. Um, yeah, that just says it all right there. Yeah, he is, uh, he's kind of the glue that is binding this team together. 
So after the Melko Carson goal, this is a goal that Brian here's Elliott the Brian Elliott I know would want this one back. The 1822 mark, Joe Pavelski gets his 20th year from uh, Thomas Tomas Hurdle and uh, Brent Burns. Uh, puck is along the boards. Uh, not on the boards, but he's coming down the right-hand side, and he's pretty much almost at the red line, the red goal line on yeah, the board. Yeah, he's just, damn near behind the goal. Uh, Elliot is down and given just enough uh, room above that shoulder, and just and I'm looking at it now. He is the bottom of the face-off circle, and rifles a shot above Brian Elliott, and me and you would look at each other while we we're hanging out, and just like what the hell? Yep. I think Hitchcock said something very similar to that too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it was a uh, F me. I think it was the exact words you saw. They, cause, well, they did correct. A, they did a fa- they did a, a close up of his face after the goal, and you're just like, huh? I don't think he's happy. No. So the next thing this is this goal almost seemed like Alexander Steen was in pure frustration. Oh, dude, like, it's it's like this. It's goal, like a, the identical goal to the goal that just happened against us. The puck is along the boards, and uh, you know Steen stops it, and. Just he looks at the, I guess didn't even look at the clock, but just kind of says, "You know what? Screw it!" And just winds up and blasts a shot above uh, Antoniemi's glove, and that's the one that Niemi definitely wants back. Right? Oh, because this, you know, the goal that that the Sharks scored on Elliot was to Elliot's short side, mm-hmm. whereas Steen blasts it across Austin. the goaltender mm-hmm. over the glove and just a not. It was a rocket. Yep. So it was awesome to see that. So uh, the Blues, uh, you know, tie the game. You know, at the 1916 mark, Steen is 10th of the year from Stastny and Oshi. Um, like we said, thank God that happened because I was getting to be really yeah. angry. Uh, and this is where the flurry starts in the second period. So let me just make sure I have all this noted. At the 532 mark, TJ Oshi gets his ninth of the year from Steen and uh, Carl Gunnarsson, Second of the who game. we forgot to note that is back. Gunnarsson's back tonight. Yep. So basically, the Blues are looking at finally almost a you know a healthy running with seven defensemen. Yes. So they decided uh, Maxim Lapierre did not have a good game overall in the Nashville game. Yep. And last time when he sat, um, he wanted to come back with like a fury. So I'm hoping. Yeah, he really that, did. So I'm hoping this kind of wakes him up again. So uh, Blues are on with seven because I saw they're trying everything they can. I mean, I know I hate to keep being that guy. They're Ian trying Cole. everything they can with Ian Cole. They're doing their best to give him a chance, and I mean, I'm just a hater. Like people, you know, people hate like Berglund and stuff right. or Jackman. Maybe I just I'm a Cole hater, I guess. I'm I not a Cole re- hater, but he definitely seems to make a lot of really bonehead mistakes. And like I said, he has like one of the best like plus minuses and all that stuff. But it's like you said, the ones you see, it's are so when the mistakes are made, they're so just like. Oh God! And they lead mistakes. directly to your goal. They're so big, like yeah. you see it. You don't see it. There's they're, minor ones. They're very ill-timed, and like you said, uh, more times than not, when he makes a mistake, it ends up in the back. Like you said, like the one game I was talking about, the it was the Stars game. It was actually Pateri Lindbaum who was uh, sent back down as well. Was the one who made that pass to Ryan Garbutt. It wasn't yeah. uh, Butler. Butler was by that gave it to Lindbaum, and Lindbaum, like a rookie thing, man. It's one of those things where I'm trying not to like give him a pass. Like you can't make that pass. You have to be, you know. But at the same time, it's his first, maybe his not even tenth game in NHL, and you're talking Ian Cole is talking, you know, been this, been around for three, four years now. Yep. So uh, stuff like that can't happen. So anyway, Correct. the Blues, uh, you know, are ahead three to two here and playing extremely well. And Jaden Schwartz makes an amazing blind behind the back pass. I think that was luck. Oh yeah, it was the time was running down. 
He yeah. just was throwing it towards the net, and then luckily Shattenkirk was literally right there. Right there. And yeah. It, I mean, oh, I'll agree. I was 100% luck. It's one of those things where it's like, I know he's not. I don't know who's there, but I'm going to throw towards the net. And pray that someone's And there. hopefully it's not directly to a San Jose guy. Yeah. And throws it in front of the net, and Shattenkirk buries his uh, seventh of the year from Schwartz and Tarasenko yeah. I mean, at the 1915 net one mark. Put it on the tape of Shattenkirk, too. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it, like you said, it looked like he planned it. Yeah, but, but there's no, no way. way. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give Schwartz that, but uh, it was an awesome, awesome play. play. Yeah. Whoa, that was weird. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, you go into the third period to lose up 4-2, to two, and like I, I, mean, I told you when we were hanging out, I said... Uh, two goals is great. I'm looking R- for four. I'm looking for to be up by five. Yep, you got <laughs> and, it, and I got it. That's the only way I feel comfortable. So the Blues get a power play early on in the third period, and right in front of the net, Jaden Schwartz tips in the Alexander Steen shot for his twelfth of the year from Steen and great Shattenkirk deflection too. at the one seventeen mark. Blues up five to two. That was one that you could tell really. Even though it wasn't Niemi's fault because it was a great deflection, I think that was the one that when they showed Niemi after the goal, he was looked defeated. Yeah, he he was done. Like you could just tell that he was just like, man, get his next goal. Done. He was definitely done. Oh yeah, at the four fifty eight mark, Dimitri asking gets his fourth of the year. He's along the right hand boards to right hand boards to where I'm looking at it, and then the, but to the left of uh, Anti Niemi. Has the puck kind of a, you know, the scrum. He goes back to the goal. Back to the goal, a scrum. He comes, literally turns around and fires it towards the net. I mean, a hard wrist shot, but yeah. that's a goal you need. That's Oh, yeah, that, there's no excuse for goes giving up between that goal. the pad and the uh, blocker of yeah. Antiniemi and goal for Dimitri Askin. It blows up 6-2 to two and see That's Antiniemi. it for Niemi. He is out. And at the 1916 mark on a power play, T.G. Oshie gets the hat trick, his second career hat trick, his 10th of the year. From Shattenkirk and Paul Stastny. He is along the goal line to the right of Stalock. Um, you know, along the goal line, looking to feet in front to actually, uh, David Backus. And he actually said in the post game interview, Backus has done so much during this game, passing, clearing the way. He and Steen both. Yeah. He was said he, I wanted to reward him because yeah. Steen's got, you know, Steen had the goal. I want to get David a goal because he should have, you know, they had that one he almost yeah, got. Yeah, had. And he's like, I was feeding it to him, but it winds up hitting off the San Jose, uh, player's stick. Going right by uh, Staylock. Oh, she gets the hat trick goal and the first star. Yep. Blues win 7 2. Everything is okay. We finally get a win in California. Yes. So the Blues, according to our friend Jeff Ponder at jponder94, uh, he tweeted after the game the Blues are actually 3 1 1 in their last five in San Jose. Yeah. So I think it's more we focus on the LAs and the Anaheims. Sure. Which we should because that's the teams that we do struggle against. Um, T.G. Yoshi, uh, three goals, one assist for, uh, number one star. Shattenkirk, one goal and three assists. Uh, second star. And Alexander Steen gets, uh, the third star with a one goal and three assists. Did you see the, uh, stat that was put out there by the <laughs> NHL? I think it's NHL PR. Mm-mm. I want to say it was that. I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Well, you do that. Um, it, it, we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but, it's nice to see that Steen Oshie uh, Bacchus line really come together. <coughs> and like you said, both Steen and Oshie had nothing but high praise for Bacchus and the fact that he's really clearing room out for them, uh, especially in this game against San Jose. So while Bacchus may not be putting them in, and he did have a couple this week, um, he's doing 
what Bacchus does best, which is plow the road for the snipers to have clear shots on net. Yeah, so I'm really happy about it. So it wasn't an HLPR. There it is. So another note in Blues history, which we will uh, – uh, today, on January 4th, the Blues were fined and forced to give their first-round pick to New Jersey Devils for tampering with Scott Stevens, January 4th, 1999. Uh, thank you to – I remember uh, that. At STL Blues History is awesome. Any Blues fan? Yeah, you should follow them. Follow them, it just especially if you're a longtime fan. Uh, just some of the stuff he just brings up. I mean, it's fantastic. That was really for me because I didn't get into hockey until I was in seventh or eighth grade. So the first real transaction that I remember as a Blues fan is this transaction is us getting Brendan Shanahan from the Devils and then getting slapped on the wrist for tampering and losing Scott Stevens. And it still amazes me how much of a Blues fan favorite Scott Stevens is. You would think that he played 10, 15 years for St. Louis. Not the case. Not the case by far. He only played one season here? Two seasons? One season. Yeah. And people treat Scott Stevens like he is hockey messiah in St. Louis. And I, I don't know. I, I just find it interesting because you, you'll see people who want to bash Gretzky, want to bash Ryan Miller. Now, again, Scott Stevens didn't leave of his own accord, but still, it's not like we're talking about a guy who has a long, rich history in the St. Louis Blues franchise. It was a year. And, but he made an impact, man. That guy was mm. awesome. But, like you he said, did. one season. You know, yeah. There's a lot of people who made who played a lot more that the Blues fans probably won't even remember. Like, uh, let's say, Donald Dufresne. Or, Correct. Or Igor Kravchuk. Yep. So, yeah, those two names in the past. Anyway, so the stat I was looking up and I can't find, it was the last time the Blues had three or more players with four points. The three players were, and I, the year I can't find, so I just remember the names. Okay. Uh, so think of any time. One of them is your boy. I've got to say it would be Janny, Shanahan. One more. The safe money is Brett Hall, but You're I don't. Right. So those, those three? Yep. Hall had uh, three goals and two assists. Um, Shanahan had a goal and three assists, and so did uh, Craig Janney. Wow. But I, unfortunately, I cannot find the stats, so there I go. God, 92-93 was a great year. Yep. So... Blues, looking good, finally. So there's our recap. So there's a couple of quick – I'll do one quick question and I'll let you go ahead and uh, – I'm okay. pulling up our Hall of Shame candidate, getting an extra everything that's squared away. Um, do you think – and this is – this is I'm just talking what Blues fans – trying to get the pulse of the people okay. by reading different things. I try to read as much as I can. Uh, mind you, if it's completely off the wall. Sure. If it's sane. Oh, I heard a great one. Speaking of the insane off the walls, I heard a great but one. But we'll just go with this one and then we'll move on. Okay. Uh, do you think the Blues need to sit one of Alex Petrangelo or Jay Bomeister? Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I see a lot of fans calling for uh, saying Shattenkirk is the, like the best, you know, our best defense right now. He is right now. Right now he is. I 100% agree, but. Um, and I remember the best one, which are, uh, I saw somebody say that. The Blues should be, which I, one time Chris Butler did sit during the uh, uh, one of the games recently, and it was one of those things where you're like, that doesn't, the Anaheim game, you know, like, that doesn't make sense, because he's played solid. I think, you know, 
somebody said we should sign him right away and then um, get rid of, you know, and sit Petrangelo as our seventh defenseman because he ain't playing worth a crap this year. Okay. Now I have to say this. What I saw today, which I believe, let me tell you what the post was, then I'll tell you my response. The post this morning was, what is everyone's thoughts? It was a two-parter. A, what's everyone's thoughts on moving Ryan Reeves to defense? I did see that. I didn't read about it. And I put, I go, so my response to that was, well, while we're talking about things that make absolutely no sense, why don't you just put him in goal? Part two was, man, I really love Dustin Bufflin. We should try to get a trade for him. We would probably have to package someone like Patrick Berglund and Alex Petrangelo to get Dustin Bufflin. To which I replied, could you please direct message me your address so I can come over and slap the bejesus out of you? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 when if, I swear to God, I swear to God, if the Blues would trade Alex Petrangelo and a bag of garbage... Uh, that's not my term for Patrick Berglund. I'm just saying a physical bag of garbage <laughs> for Dustin Bufflin. I would burn every piece of blues paraphernalia I have. Thank God some of these people aren't general managers. I know. It uh, blows me away uh, what people, you know, like people are clamoring to sign him nine two years ago. Like, give him all the money in the world. Give him whatever he needs. Give him 10 years. $80 million just to get him signed. Now all of a sudden, yeah, I 100% admit the dude is not playing the way he should. But everyone's going to have peaks and valleys, man. Yeah. People spend too uh, much time. The dude's looking, like, what, 24? Yeah. People spend too much time focusing on the, the, the dollar attached to the contract. It's not, you know, it's not like you get tons of money and then all of a sudden there's, you know, a button you push and then you can, you know, play the, the level that that goes to. You hope that your return on investment is immediate, but sometimes it's not. And like any player in any sport at all, you're going to have stretches of time where you are invincible, and you're going to have stretches of time where you seem to not be able to get out of the way of your own shadow. Petro is not having a good run right now, but if you truly don't understand that he is... Easily a top 10, if not better than a top 10 all NHL defenseman. I don't know if there's help for you. I, I, I get that Blues fans need things to bitch about. And I get that these last 10 games have not been the best. But guys, I'm telling you, I've said it tons of times on this podcast. Our blue line core is arguably the best defensive group in the NHL, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with it. It's fine. It's going to work itself out. It will. It is a long season. It is January 4th. We got five months before we really need to start worrying about stuff. So, well, I'll get into that hopefully another time. So, now for the fun. Let's go into our Blues Hall of Shame candidate. Uh, 
so, <sighs> the, so the prestigious hall in the familiar music. So we asked for some suggestions. We got a handful back, and me and Chris have had this on the list for a while. A long time. So we decided to make the call. So first, uh, our first uh, official inductee was... Patrick Lilly. Our Go second on. one <clears throat> was... Eric Brewer. So our third inductee to have the his uh, you know his bust you know immortalized bust is the right word correct immortalized in the hall of shame the one the only the blues former, former coach, coach former GM, GM Michael Keenan so blues coming into the 94-95 season uh had Mike Keenan as their coach who just won the Stanley Cup the uh, won the Stanley Cup of uh the New York Rangers. A his, huge get for the Blues. Yes. Yeah, so it was a big deal time where the Blues became able to talk in the NHL. You have Keenan here. You have Hall. You have McKennish. You have Pronger. You have all these guys. And uh, time fewer is here. So you have yep. all these guys. And this is the last piece the Blues needed. So Bob yep. Barry's out. Here comes uh, Mike Keenan. His first year uh, was the lockout shortened year. Yep. Uh, he was yeah, 40, 48 games. So he was 29, 15, and 5. Blues were second in the Central, and they made it. They were only in the first round, got knocked out in seven games. Yep. And this was a year where you didn't really get to see Keenan Flex's GM muscle much because it was such a shortened year that you basically had to roll with what you had. Yeah. So, the, however, the next year, so the next year is probably Ish most, got crazy. It's one of the most infamous, you know, times for Blues fans ever. Uh, Blues, you know, favorites going into this year, uh, kind of struggled. Finished actually below 500, which is the amazing thing. Yeah. Which is so crazy for the team that was that loaded. Yep. They're 32, 34, and 16 for 80 points, fourth in the Central. So the Blues, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, went to seven games in the first round. And I'm trying to pull everything up here. So. My multiple pages open, so we have a lot of stuff to go over. Should we do the? Do we have highlights of some of the transactions that happened this season? I'm looking that up right now. I'm trying to pull up just a page of that. Just give it, uh, go ahead and tell a story about your uh, Keenan thing that you were telling me earlier. So uh, I was lucky enough when I was in college. We had a friend whose dad worked in St. Louis and had corporate seats, and just happened to call us the day that um, Keenan was going to come back to town as coach of the Canucks, his first trip back from being fired. So um, I, as any diehard Blues fan would, ditched class all day, emailed my professors and said, hey, I'm, I'm really sick. I can't get out of bed. Um, can I just pick up my assignments uh, next class? And everyone said, yeah, that's fine. So we hop in a car, drive back to St. Louis, about two hour drive from uh, middle, middle Missouri and go to the game. What our friend didn't tell us was that our seats were directly behind the Vancouver bench. So on the way into the game, uh, 105.7 the point was giving out hand signs that was Keenan's, uh, headshot hey, with a circle and a line through it. So I'm standing behind the bench, directly behind Mike Keenan, who comes out and waves at the crowd, and I'm holding this sign with his face with a circle and a line through it. That's cool and all, until the Associated Press takes a picture of this and runs it nationally. 
So not only do I get busted by my parents who see the picture, I open up my mail at school, uh, and it's all inner office, um, on campus mail. So like you could put something out in the morning and it could still over that afternoon of my five professors that I emailed that I was sick and couldn't get out of bed. Four of them cut the picture out of the newspaper and sent it to me saying, hope you feel better. Yeah. Totally got called out and busted. Which is hilarious. Also, totally worth it, and I would do it again. Yeah, and I think you said you have that picture still. I do. I, I have the actual physical picture cut out and framed, and I have a digital scan of it too. So I will. Uh, I'll send it to Jason, and he can put it up on the podcast website this week. Yeah, podcast tw- and also the, we'll put it on the Twitter. As yeah, well. we'll tweet it out. So it's pretty talk, awesome. We'll I'm about, a way skinnier. We'll talk. We'll talk about the ninety five ninety six year, which is probably the most infamous year. Um, so the Blues essentially have probably the greatest Blues team ever. Assembled. I would say so. A Hall of Famer-wise. I mean, you're talking... Uh, they have a total... For, as of right now, at least, they had a total of six Hockey Hall of Famers on this squad. Yeah. Which is obscene. The infamous uh, the Wayne Gretzky trade was made this year for the stretch run. You had Gretzky, Hall, McKennis, Glenn Anderson, Grant Fuhrer, and Dale Howarchuk. Yep. Um, so it started off not that good this year. With now, a, traded out that year was... Now, Cujo was already gone, he right? He was gone already. Shanahan's gone. Shanahan's gone. Janney's gone. Yep. Um, I know I'm missing a couple of others that were were relatively core players that are shipped out. Um, and obviously we know the Janney-Shanahan situation, and those were trades that needed to be done. Like, as much as it killed me to see Janney leave, yep. once you realize what happened, it makes sense that A, they were traded, and B, they were traded to opposite coasts. Yep. So, Blues, you know, I'm trying to go through the... Pronger's in there. I was on that mix. He's in there. I will read you the complete roster real quick. Everybody who played this year for the Blues, I'll just do real quick. Howard Chuck, Adam Creighton, Gretzky, Peter Zezel actually made an appearance. Mike Hudson, Ian uh, Ian LaPerriere, Roman Vopop, Patrice Tardif, Craig McTavish, the last player to ever have a... Him and Harold Snaps. Yep. And then Fred Knipscher. Sure, that Glenn, guy. Glenn Anderson, Brett Hall, Brian Noonan, Rob Pearson, Steve oh, Leach, Denny Chasse. Remember that, Dan? Yeah. Paul, Paul Broughton actually was on this team. I didn't even know that. Alex Vizielewski, Kevin Sawyer. I'm just in the right wing. I'm just in center right wing right now. I'm just getting to left Dude, wing. there were so many guys on this team who I felt like were here for a week. Shane Corson. Yep. Uh, Jeff Courtnall. Yep. Greg Gilbert. Stefan Mateau. Craig Jeez. Johnson, David Roberts, Tony Twist, Essa Tikkanen, Basil McRae, and the infamous Yuri Himalev. Yep. Second round pick for Yuri Himalev. Dude lasted 13 games here. Yeah. Anyway, now we're on the defense finally. Right. Al Dude. Ma- Al McKennis, Chris Pronger, Igor Kravchuk, Jeff Norton, you know well. Yep. Murray Baring, Kristen Olsen, who was traded for Pavel Dimitra. Yep. Uh, J.J. Daniel. Oh, Jay, my God. Jay Wells. Dallas Eakins, who was just fired by the uh, – There's so many of these names Evans I forgot Miller, about. There's his coach. Donald Dufresne. Jamie Rivers. Ken Sutton. Jamie Rivers. And Charlie Huddy. Charlie Huddy. Oh, my God. So you're talking – I forgot about Charlie Huddy so as a blue. So basically, <clears throat> Mike Keenan brought in anybody who was the ex-Oiler who was during the 80s. Yep. Or anybody who was on the New York Rangers team from the prior season that was a veteran. 
or anyone who was a Chicago Blackhawk when he was there. See uh, Ryan Noonan. Ryan, uh, he was he was in New York too. So. Oh, that's right, he was. So Stefan Matteau, who scored the goal, yep. the game-winning goal, was there. Matteau, Matteau. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Anderson, technically. Yeah, Asa Tikkanen too. So he brought yep. all those guys. Well, remember the Tikkanen trade had been rumored for years. Yeah, so. I felt like the Tikkanen trade and the Bo Meester trade are two trades that like Blues fans have been waiting on for three years. Yeah, so. Uh, and goalies, Grant Fuhr, Bruce Racine, John Casey. Yep. Pat we all, oh, Pat Javonsky, rest, God, I love him, but we all God, know John you, Casey. Did you just try to kill John Casey? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's the guy rest his soul. I, I, I was going to say that. No, that's like, that's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I love John Casey. Or no, I, not, I love Pat Javonsky. I don't love John Casey. So John, Blues, John Casey, I Blues get a, you know, fourth in the central face in the second round, the infamous Detroit Red, Red Wings. Wings. Gretzky. We all know where this is going, so just sit down. First and round, the first round, take a the deep inf- breath. First round, the infamous Nick Kiprios takes out Grant Fuhrer's knee, yeah. blows his knee out in the in game one, <laughs> and then kind of like when Jackman took out Halak. Yeah, and then uh, the, and they round beating the Maple Leafs in six games. Casey yeah. comes in, actually played a couple of shutouts, and actually played really well. He did. He the did. Blues jumped out to a three to two series lead, but did not close out the Red Wings as ah. we infamous Steve Eiserman shot in double overtime in game seven. The Blues fall, and that's where All right. things happened. Stop for a second. Do you remember where you were when that goal was scored? Yes, I was at my dad's house uh, watching it on TV in our little outdoor room or whatever, and that happened, and I walked outside, and I started sobbing. I was in college, and I was at a buddy of mine's house who uh, who actually had a house off campus, and he was a Blackhawk fan. So the one thing that we had in common was we hated the Red Wings. So for one night, they were like, for one night, we're Blues fans with you. I had my Gretzky jersey on. When that game went into double overtime, scoreless, Mm -hmm. I remember sitting and going, this needs to end in a great way, but I know how hockey works, and I know it's not going to end. It was in Detroit at the time. And I was like, I know it's not going to end in a good goal, it's going to end with some BS. And I sat there, and when that goal went in, I sat in front of the TV. I turned it off and sat in front of a blank TV, motionless and expressionless, for 15 minutes. My friends legitimately thought I went into a catatonic state because mm-hmm. I was completely unresponsive. The next day, I was walking around campus in my Gretzky jersey, and people who I didn't even, like I went to a small college, people who I didn't know were coming up and giving me hugs and asking if I was okay. Yeah. Because I was wearing blues jerseys every day during the playoffs. So like four weeks worth of blues jerseys. And people like, I think, there were some people who really thought I might need to be on a safety watch. Yeah, so that happens. The Blues go to the next year, and they continue to disappoint. After yeah. 33 games, he is removed as coach and GM. The night before he was fired. They're 15, 17, and 1. Yeah, the night before he was fired, I looked at my same friends who I watched the game with, uh, with the Iserman goal, and I said, all I want for Christmas is for Mike Keenan to get fired. And after this, he went to Vancouver, like you talked about. They did not finish well, 21, 30, and 12. And then the, and that was in 97, 98, 98, 99, 15, 24, and 6, and fired. <laughs> then Vancouver resurfaced in 2000 in Boston for one year, 33, 26, and 7. I forgot about him being in Boston. And then, actually, and then fired after that. 
or he left when this is fired. So then after that, resource in Florida, Florida. for three years. Yep. Missed playoffs for uh, both years. In the third year, he resigned after 15 games. Resurfaced in Calgary in 2007. Yep. Finished 42 and 30 and uh, went to actually a conference quarterfinal both times in the first, the first round. Lost in seven games and lost in six games those two years. Then left there. Went to the KHL for uh, uh, what's the I hate I hate saying these names. I'm never good at these names. You could probably make it up. Metalurg Menegorski. Sure. Sounds sounds like a and team. he wins the Gregorian Cup, which is their Stanley Cup. So yeah. the only technically the only coach to win both the both, KHL. Yeah. So we'll Go give him that. But uh, screw, I hate you. But screw you, Mike Keenan. Yes, right in the ear hole for ruining my team for a long time. Not oh long man! Time, but oh no! His uh, it took a couple of years for them to rebound and actually be like contender status. His again. footprint on that team lasted so long because think about the All years the leading up to. To him being our coach, we were an eight seed that took out the Chicago Blackhawks, swept them, and then the year after that, we went again to the semifinals. We had a great young core that we were building on, and Keenan came in with ultimate control and ripped that team apart. If there are two things, the one good thing that I will say Keenan contributed to this team was the bringing in of Chris Pronger. Yep. But at the time. At the time, unknown. And a kid who, much like Eric Johnson, was not living up to his draft stock in Hartford. Number two overall. So all that you really need to think about when it comes to Gretzky, or when it comes to, to, to Keenan, is he had arguably... The two greatest goal scorers in the NHL at the time. Maybe history. Or two greatest players pissed them off both so much that they both left as free agents. The Blues got nothing for for Gretzky. The Blues got nothing for Hall. And both players went on. Well, Gretzky didn't win another cup, but Brad Hall went on to win two more cu- two yep. cups. Two he won cups. one his first year in Dallas. Yep. And so all he wanted, goal. all he wanted, was a no trade clause. That's mm-hmm. all he wanted. That's the only thing that kept him from resigning to St. Louis. And Gretzky, well, just, and Gretzky just hated playing. He wanted a contract. He had the contract on the table and got pulled. What the night of one of the one of the playoff nights? The story as it as it was told to me was that. As soon as Gretzky arrived in St. Louis, Keenan put a contract in front of him. It was like three years at a time. This is a ton of yeah. money. It was like three years, twenty-one million dollars. Something, something stupid like stupid, that. Stupid, but but big. But there's no at the time. There's no salary cap, right? So you could. But at the time, like mind you, McKenna's or Pronger at the time was making like ten mil, right, or something like something stupid like that. And what I the way it was told to me was that Gretzky said, "Hey, man, let's talk." contract after the season let me get used to the teammates let's make a cup run after the season is done they go to have a contract meeting a new contract is put in front of them which is significantly worse than the original contract that was put in front of them Mm. so that combined with the fact that Gretzky hated Keenan's coaching style walked and the other uh which I heard are that similar story and the reason why the thing went down, um, that Keenan personally blamed Gretzky for the Eisman goal 
Because if you watch the replay, I've heard that everyone says that. I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true, but it's one of the things that's just that is going around. It that goes off looks, his skates. Oh uh, no, it goes off. Yeah, his skates centerized, and then he doesn't back check. He just like lightly skates after him, and then, mind you, hell of a shot, but it's at the blue line, you know. Yeah. So anyway, Mike Keenan, welcome to the Blues Hall of Shame. You've earned it, buddy. More so, than anyone else, I so, think you've earned it. So thank you to we have multiple people actually suggest Mike Keenan. So thank you to everyone who. Uh, you know, tweeted and said, you know, suggestions. Uh, one suggestion, which is also interesting, which I was, I'll bring up to you is, uh, <laughs> was a Tyson Nash. <laughs> okay. Well, I was, uh, I, we are open to everything. Was there, was there an explanation for it? No, no, it was just like, I don't like Tyson Nash. I was like, okay, that's fair. I mean, we are not judging. No, I'm not judging. I, I don't know if he's Hall of Shame worthy. He's just kind of meh. He was a guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, I start thinking of more, start submitting more. I'd like to do one a month. Yeah, that's been the goal. So we got a, uh, we got a forward. No, we got a goalie. We got a, a defenseman. We got a coach. We need some forwards. So send those out. I just named a ton. That's true. Our team, so there has to be There's one. a lot to choose from, man. So throw those out there. So, uh, let's go ahead and let's wrap it up here since we're going a little extra long this one since we had a lot to cover a lot. this one. So if you'd like to get a hold of us on Twitter, please hit us up at Blues Hockey NHL. If you'd like to hit my personal Twitter, it is at JPM Blues Fan 21. And I'm at Hossapalooza. Also, if you would like to get us on Facebook, Blues Hockey Podcast. Also, if you'd like to go to our website, blueshockeypodcast.com, all one word. Uh, go out there. You'll see links to all the shows and also pictures to our lovely um, Melissa. Yep. Who may actually be on the show next week. She is in town, so we've talked. So we're You can get a voice sure. to go with the pictures. Yep. So we'll hopefully have a show recorded this week with maybe with her. That'd be a nice little change of pace. And uh, if you want to get a hold of her, at STL, Melissa Nicole. It's M-E-L-I-S-A, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, all one word. Same thing for Instagram. I know yep. It's Instagram. And also her, uh, I think it's just Melissa Nicole for, for, Facebook. for Facebook. So that's everything there. Also, our theme song group, Brooke, Brooke Royal, Royal, which uh, we had a couple people hit me up and ask questions about uh, who does the theme and whatnot. So uh looks like we have hopefully a couple of new fans for Brooke Royal. So, good. Uh, they're good guys. They're at Brooke Royal on Twitter. The song is Bleed Blue. You can find it on itunes and 99 cents 99 cents and a good tune to have so a couple people said they bought it and made it their uh ringer so nice good to hear so we got that 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 so like you said i talked to chris about it and maybe bon or somebody yeah we can get jack or bon or someone they're the huge hockey fans obviously yeah um yeah once uh i know that they've been writing and, and laying some initial recordings down so once, once they, they get, get closer to a street date and all that stuff we'll try to get a couple of the guys on the show yeah so when they can uh, go over a show with us and that'd be awesome to do so uh get that and also i'd like to put out there is that our we have a kind of i guess a draft expert sort of uh, Mike Marenghi, he's, I listened to him on the Puck Podcast, and he does an excellent job, uh, covering drafts. So, um, he hit me up randomly and asked, said he's a fan of the show, which is awesome. That's awesome. And he said, if you have any questions about the draft, like, any of your listeners, let me know, and I will go That's and answer That's fantastic. Him. So, um, just for logistical wise, just because our schedules have not meshed up, I've been talking about this, we decided to go a little different route. So I've put out on Twitter as of a couple minutes ago, um, uh, if you have any questions for Mike, uh, Hit him up on Twitter or with, you know, tag us in it. 
Yep. And uh, um, those questions, and then uh, I put those into. We can e- read a few email. Yeah, we'll put those in an email form and clean it up a little bit. I'm going to submit that to Mike. And he's going to hit me back, and then we're going to have a question and answer session that we'll put on the website. So we'll, awesome. we'll have a little website exclusive from uh, Mike Moringi, which you are gr- really grateful for. And he's a Thanks, uh, man. super nice guy. And uh, let me get his official Twitter if I don't mess it up. And knows a lot about the draft. Yeah, so he said, anything about Blues prospects? You have a question about some of the guys in the World Juniors, like Robbie Fabry, who unfortunately has got high, hurt, high ankle sprain. Or Barbashev. Was playing awesome. Um, uh, Barbashev, who helped knock off the USA team yesterday. Yeah. Which you don't want to get too excited about, but at least our guy did well. Yeah, so he was played pretty decent. I watched a couple. I watched a couple of the games, and I was super sick. Yeah, there's nothing else on. But uh, if you want to hit up Mike Marangi, it's at draft underscore Mike. So uh, go ahead and hit him up. Ask him any questions. Or look at our Twitter. We follow him. Uh, last note of business, which I wanted to bring up. Um, unfortunately, though, that's kind of a bad way to put this. Well, two things. I will say it. One thing, unfortunately, Stuart Scott died today. Yeah, which sucks. Um, I was never the um, I was never the biggest Stuart Scott fan. I always felt like he was a younger generation's Chris Berman, as far as you know. He always had to rely on his catchphrases. Mm-hmm. But um, it takes a tough dude to fight cancer once, let alone three times. Yeah, and um, seven years total. That guy never complained. <clears throat> was a consummate professional. And the people I do know who have met him or had dealings with him said that he was genuinely one of the nicest men in the world. So um, it's a shame. The sports world is a little less cool today because yeah. Stuart Scott's gone. Yeah, so 49 years old, way too young. So yeah. unfortunately, he's succumbed to cancer, which sucks. So another thing, which is a slightly not, not a good note, but not slightly lighter. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the website, which I use greatly, capgeek.com has ceased operations um, which kind of blows the, the owner uh, Mike um, apparently is very sick or something like that just according to what was on the website that I saw on the yeah. that was on Twitter um, that website so well run that's I mean you can go out there and any kind of question you can think of on a contract for it's the blues, there it's there any, well, it was. Any, I mean it's just so great unfortunately it looks like he's just letting it uh Sit there, so who knows if eventually they'll make a comeback. I mean, nice, man, because that website and the work they did, like a transaction happened. It was there. And they would, within a couple hours, they would tweet out why certain things were done, like yeah. why it hit this cap hit was like this, why it was like this, and then here's what it is. It was awesome. Yeah. Any player on NHL, NHL level, too, they had like a ton of guys, man, and they had career earnings and stuff, and it just so deep. Such a valuable tool. Unfortunately, the blue, uh, not blues, but unfortunately, a lot of hockey independents like us yeah. who, you know, don't have the resources sure. to sit there and look stuff up constantly. Like that was a one stop kind of show. It really sometimes. was. It was, it was a great resource for the business side of the game. And like, especially when you're doing the, like, a lot of those, you know, make up your trade, like, oh, I want to trade this guy. Can I make it work? Uh, no. And then, you know, that's one of those things where you look out there. So, uh, two sad notes to end it, but we're going to go uh, to one of the mention those on the podcast. So, uh, like I said, the Blues have some games upcoming this week. It looks like they're going to f- go to Arizona. Yep. Which you hope is a W. Is all, that was the one on the herd chip I thought would be a definite W. Yep. So they got the one in uh, San Jose. So hopefully they uh, do well there and then they come back home for a long time. They <laughs> so need it. They're going to be at home almost the whole month of January. Nice. Which is crazy. They're pretty much through the uh, All-Star break. They're home. 
Yeah. So three weeks. A big. Uh, this could be a big boost for the Blues. Speaking of the All Star Game, go vote for your players. Uh, it is officially over. Don't worry about what I just said. <laughs> so it was announced today, which we'll note since you just brought it up. Officially, Zigman and Zigmus Gorsons led led the way. Sure, with one point five million votes. That guy. And every other Chicago Blackhawk you can think of is in. Ugh. Jonathan Taves, uh, Patrick Kane, Brent Seabrook, uh, Duncan Keith, and School Corey Crawford. That day. Anything but watch hockey. I, I, I'm always a big fan of the skills competition, even though it's... I love the skills competition. So I always like that. I never watched a game. Rarely. Uh, so, but I think Vladimir Tarasenko will probably make the team there. That'll be awesome to see. One of the, He'll make the, like, you know, picking squad or whatever, right. you know, the draft thing they do, whatever it's called. So that'll be good. So... That's all the wrap up for there. So hopefully this week we'll have Melissa on. Yeah. And uh, there we go. So go Blues. Above uh, over or under, is Melissa going to be wearing pants when she does the podcast? Mm, let's hope not. I, I, I'm i on Team U on that one. Okay. Talk to you guys later. See ya.